Welcome to All Things Real Estate with Maria Recruit, your number one source for news for real estate in North America and worldwide. Hello everyone, it's Maria Recruit here from the Real Estate Media News Network, where we discuss all things real estate. Today, we're going to have a segment, um, episode three of the Boots on the Ground Running with John Wilson. And John Wilson is the president of the Near North Near North Landlords Association. John is not only a small landlord and a property owner, but he's also a property manager. Now, in our last episode two, John, we were talking about selection, 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 and how to get a stellar applicant. And you shared so many wonderful tips for any newbie starting out or even someone who's experienced and is having trouble finding good tenants that we want to take them to the next step, which is and you mentioned co-signer. And um, you said something very interesting to me. That is a sequel to the selection process. And I think you were saying that many people overlooking that of having someone co-sign for someone perhaps who doesn't have a stellar uh, credit rating. So John, thank you. Welcome back. And we'll just continue speaking about the co-signer part of selection, selection, selection. That sounds good, Maria. Uh, yeah, the, uh, if you review uh, just briefly the process we talked about in selection, 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 we went through a financial analysis and uh, and a uh, gut feeling analysis, and we went through a background and reference analysis of somebody potentially wanting to rent from us. Yes. We go through all of that process, and we find that, gee, like the people, yes. um, really think they'll be good tenants, their references are good, they, uh, their previous landlord, which is another important factor we should talk about, not the immediate landlord, but the previous to that landlord, yes. um, are all good, they, they recommend them. However, financially, they don't qualify. Yes. Well, there is a secondary step. Mm-hmm. And we run into those people. So they fit into two categories. Those that have had some business difficulty and they've gone bankrupt. Uh, they've, uh, through uh, bad judgment choices, bad lifestyle choices, have have had their credit rating destroyed. Um, they uh, And the other one, and the most common, is where they've never rented before. Yes. They're good people. They're young. But yes. it's their first time rental. So they have no history. So how do we accommodate that type of individual who might be very good tenants? Mm -hmm. Well, we do that by seeking out a party that will, a third party, that will co-sign to guarantee their rent. And that's Mm -hmm. called a co-signer agreement, which is really a third party agreement outside of the tenancy. Mm -hmm. It does not enter into the, they're not signing on the lease. They are simply providing you with their financial background. This is the co-signer. Yes. And again, an approval to investigate them financially from a, from a capability or from a privacy act standpoint. And then you use, they say, I will guarantee the rent of your tenant in the event that they can't pay. Well, now that not only includes rent, yes. but that includes any other obligation that's listed under the lease. For example, damages. Okay. And actually, um, you know, just before I, uh, we got into this conversation, this call, I'm writing a letter to a tenant who damaged the property, 
and I'm copying in his cosigner okay. because ultimately, if that tenant doesn't reimburse us for the damages, the cosigner will be responsible. That's a big response. Now, how do you then? <laughs> right. So yeah. we go through exactly the same process with the cosigner. Mm-hmm. As we would with tenant, with the exception of uh, we're probably not going to interview them personally. We're not going to go on gut reaction. We're not going to get to know them personally, but we are going to get to know them in depth financially. Okay. So they would be people of, of worth uh, with good financial standing, uh, good credit rating, and obviously the ability to pay should indeed uh, the tenant not be able to pay. So this is a step that's often overlooked mm-hmm. and can actually get you good tenants that you establish their first tenancy. Yes. So they get a tenant free. And then secondly, you're protected. So it's part of the due diligence portion of, of validating a good tenant. Wow. I don't think many people How do you realize enact- that. Well, it, yeah, it's overlooked. Uh, it, it's a... Uh, uh, a legal contract that is often overlooked as a potential to uh, to get people started and, and to guarantee your your security because that property you own is security and you've got to guarantee it. Of course, of course, and people don't seem to realize that that you know many of us who own properties we've we we put our own money in it not only as putting a down payment of some sort right we may be ten percent to twenty five percent now because it's very it's changed with the banks now but that's our life savings oftentimes so we have to protect our home it is a business for us it's not a hobby it has to be a business and I guess my question for you is certainly you would do your due diligence with getting a co-signer and I think a lot of people will pretend to have their friends co-sign them but that would be mitigated because you're going to be doing background checks on the co-signer exactly you do the the financial backgrounds then uh, a credit report becomes essential one thing about credit reports too uh, often um, new landlords especially will Mm -hmm. say to a prospective tenant or a co-signer uh, well, give me your credit report. Never do that. Yes. Get it yes. yourself. Yes. The reason is they can be hijacked and changed and, and uh, jimmied around. So you don't know what you're getting is real facts. So always get your own credit report. Uh, very good advice. Very good advice. So I have a question for you, John. I'm going to be the devil's advocate. What is to stop? Okay, so suppose we get someone who's going to sign, co-sign for a young person who hasn't had any credit history. What guarantees do you have as a landlord that this co-signer will not default in payment of any sort? And if so, how do you mitigate those damages? Well, there, there is never any guarantee that the cosigner will indeed follow through with his legal obligation, but there is enforcement potential through small claims to court. Um, he has signed a contract that essentially says if, if uh, party A does not pay, I, party B, will pay in his behalf for the following things. And they're listed in the, in the cosigner agreement what they're obligating to. That said, you use that as the basis of your small claims court action against the co-signer, not the tenant. Yes. Yes, I understand. Which, which you know, even if you decide to be a co-signer for someone, um, 
the onus is on you because if you default and you have to go to small claims, that shows up on your credit bureau. You can put that on their credit bureau, can't you, John? Absolutely. The minute you register a small claims action, it goes into the court system and it's in a recorded action that goes straight to your credit. Fantastic. So yeah, you, you can mitigate your damages with that because it hurts the other person's credit uh, bureau. Because <laughs> um, we, we have to have some sort of control. We just can't let things go the way they're going, you know, wildly and, and accept anybody's word. And I, I, I understand, speaking about credit reports, is there not um, online, I, I don't know if it was you that was telling me or someone else, that you, they can, like a, when a tenant says, oh, I have my credit report, that they can actually get it printed online with a company that looks just like Equifax. Is there not something like that uh, that I heard? I don't know if you told me, John, or someone else told me that. I think it may have been somebody else, but uh, yeah, there's there's uh, uh, all kinds of ways that that uh, a supplied credit uh, report can be altered. You can copy and edit. Yes. Um, just do it on your own computer. You know. Sure. Sure. That's, That's why we always go directly to our own credit source. Fantastic. For both the history and the credit rating. And how much does that cost normally to do that, John? It varies in costs, but if you're a member of an association, for example, ours, and I'll give you our, our cost example. Mm -hmm. um, I used to pay $80 a year for administration uh, membership, mm -hmm. plus $28 per report for a, a history check and credit check. Okay. Um, when I when we formed our association, we went to that same company and said, "Look, if we bring you 150, 200 members, would you consider a discount?" Well, they did. Good. So now, instead of paying eighty dollars a year plus twenty eight dollars per report, and we get probably three to four reports per month every month, mm -hmm. um, we now get a single report without membership fee. Yes. For thirteen dollars and fifty cents. Well, that's so a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm more than saving my my uh, at uh, landlord association fee just through the reduction in the cost of reports. Yes, yeah, so that's that's another good reason to belong to an association. We both agree on Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, I've belonged to associations since I started my, my own business, which was in 1982. So I mean, it's, it's and that's what saved me a lot of grief with uh, any kind of business that I've been in. So, so now we have the co-signer. Now, how do we, uh, the other trick that can happen, I know it's tried, they've tried to do it with me, how do you check up on the last landlord? So what is a trick there? Because I know they try and pull tricks and have their friends call up or answer the phone. So can you get, guide us through that? Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, everybody, wants to talk, or all, all landlords, uh, current landlords or renters, want to talk to the the person who's renting to the individual now. Well, mm -hmm. you know, not so fussy on that. I would rather talk to the landlord who used to have that tenant. The reason being is not all landlords are straightforward and forthcoming. Um, unfortunately, there are landlords who will give a good reference to a tenant who is an absolute pain in the neck? Yes, because they want to get rid of them. Yes, I know. <laughs> so, so I place a far greater emphasis on the landlord that had them before the current landlord than I do on the current landlord. 
I agree 100%. And some, this is really funny. You're going to laugh at this. I had someone who had applied about two months back and uh, they came and looked at our, our manager showed the property said fine no problem and we you know the rent was quite high I won't go into you know I won't go into amounts that I was charging but it's higher than normal so he said no problem I'll take it and so then we start to ask all the questions I said can we have the name of your last landlord so he gave us the name and the phone number and then what he did he had the landlord call us up which is very unusual because every time we, yes. called, we couldn't get a hold of her, but every she would call back. She did that twice, which just, you know, my alarm bells went right off because there's not any landlord in the world that's going to chase me to tell me that that tenant's really good. So the alarm bells went off. And then I said, okay, great, but we've heard from your last landlord. We need your previous landlord even before that. And I do need to check up on some of the references. So the person sent back an email or phone call, I don't remember, and said, what, are you going to do a complete check on me? I said, exactly. I said, that's exactly what we do. And we never heard back from them. There was no pushing to try and get into the house anymore. Because that does yeah, happen. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? <laughs> It it uh, it really is no different than if you if you consider yourself as a landlord, a lending institute. Yes, okay, you're you. a bureau, you're a, a bank, a credit union, whatever. You would not give money to somebody that you didn't check out the financial stability of in detail, right? Exactly. And and hence also cosigners, sure. which is common in the financial lending industry. Yes, it is. Well, what you're doing as a landlord is you are extending credit to oh. the tenant that's coming into your property to yes. the extent of your ability to get them out if they don't pay you. Exactly. So, so you have to look back to the process and say, okay, right now it takes eight months to get somebody out mm -hmm. if they don't pay you. So I am extending credit to that tenant for eight times the monthly rent that they're taking. Yes. And would you do that? Most no. people would say, what the hell? I'm not in the financial industry. <laughs> exactly. You are. <laughs> you are. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> like I said, most landlords don't even think about their, their property as a business. It's just kind of like a little hobby or they think they're doing somebody a favor or a lot of them get caught up in feeling sorry for someone and then they stop doing their due diligence. And that's what really concerns me. Exactly. And the landlords that are getting themselves into these situations are the smaller landlords that can least afford the loss. They're landlords who are buying a property. Mm -hmm. They can't afford it on their own. So they're going to work on a secondary residence within the basement. They renovate the basement Yes. to help them pay their mortgage. I know. And if they, they, if it, they don't get paid, they're going to lose their property. Those are the ones that are most susceptible in our current system. And they're, they are the members and the people that we are most trying to protect. Yes. The larger corporations can take the hit, yes. uh, financial hit, Yes. but the small guys can't. They no. just can't handle it. No. And it's, you know what? It's not only the financial hit. Let's, let's, put, let's put this in words that we can understand and, and have a visual image. So you have a beautiful house that you fixed up. You fixed up the basement. You know, that, that's your little precious home. You have someone coming in there that starts to give you trouble. How are you going to feel living in the same house with the troublemaker? So it's not only financial, John, I think you'll agree. It's not only just financial. It's emotional. It's an emotional 
it's very tasking on anyone, especially a small business person, emotionally to have someone who's downstairs, who's swearing at you, won't let you into uh, your own part of the house. This is what concerns me. It's almost like uh, you are a victim in your own home, which, which is completely wrong. And I don't know why the police can't step in and, and you can say to them, to the police, I don't feel safe in my own home. And get that person out. Well, yeah, that comes into the civil versus criminal um, realm of uh, of law. Um, if you, to in order to, if you don't feel safe in your own home, you have to have some sort of grounds or or ability to to indicate that and prove that to the local authority. Okay. Um, but nine out of ten times, uh, the local police if you call them and say I'm, I'm not getting along with the tenant I have in the basement they're gonna say that this is a civil matter exactly. you have your own to handle that yes so, so we go back to our previous seminar our previous session which was selection 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 mm -hmm. yes yes absolutely so are there any other things that you do in order to select the right candidate i can share what i do um, is that if i have more paperwork to be signed by the uh, tenant who's going to be moving in i usually visit them in the premise of where they are right now so i can check up who they are and i usually do it unannounced so that I can I can I can I can find out if they have a dog. I can check how they keep that other household. The other thing too is check on how they keep their car. What kind of a car do they have? How do they keep it on the inside? Because how you keep the car on the inside is what's going to happen in your own home. That's what I do. All good tips. All yes. good tips, yes. So have we on occasion? Yes. Uh, visited the previous uh, where they, they currently are living. We have done that. And do we look in their car? Yes, we've done that. Mm -hmm. um, that is that is more for if you're a one or two or three door um, yes, operator. Course. Yes, of course. Now, when we get you know, upwards of 300 properties, it's much more difficult to get into that. But but you're right. The, 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 the first time in the small landlords should be using all of those tactics. Mm -hmm. Every one of them. Yes. The other one they, they have to really watch out for are false references. Yes, yes. And false you, references. How can you read them How out? do you determine those? Yes, yes. Well, you, you go back to your same old investigative techniques that you used with the primary tenant application. Mm -hmm. You Google, check backgrounds. Yes. Uh, you call them. Yes. If they don't, if, if they call you back, you got to verify who they are. Yes, of course. Yes. It could be the brother. You know? Of course. <laughs> so you've got to watch out. Too. Tenants are very well educated. They're better educated in how to deceive. Or, yes. I'm not, let me rephrase that. I shouldn't have said that. Okay. Tenants, the bad tenants, yes, of are course. well informed on how to deceive and how to, to squeeze past the, the guards, right? Well, the, the bad tenants. Yeah, and they also see an inexperienced landlord, and that's why I exactly. that's why I caution you know people who are thinking of going into and in, in buying their property. I said, you know what? Don't do this without a property manager. 
I get a good property manager because, you know, they smell, they smell you. I mean, tenants can smell just like you can smell what they're like, right? And I mean, um, uh, figurative speaking, but they can tell if you're inexperienced because if you're a landlord, it's going to accept cash and you let them in the next day. Well, they know you're inexperienced because an experienced landlord would never do that. If you don't do credit checks on them or have them sign the paperwork or do the steps that you've been that you have been um, informing us on on what to do steps one to four, uh, if they don't do that, then the tenant knows that this person is inexperienced and they'll take you for whatever you're worth. Absolutely. So again, we come back to what should what 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 should your second step be after purchasing a rental property? Educate yourself. Yes. Do it through a landlord association, do it through schooling, do it through correspondence courses, get online, read the Residential Tenancy Act, whatever you have to do, but educate yourself. Don't yeah. be a dumb landlord. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, so tell me, John, how long have you been a property manager now for? Tell, tell us a little bit about your own little background here. Okay, well, I started in this business in 1981 uh, with Holiday Inns. I was the, uh, but I started at the top end of the the line, and I was responsible for head lease agreements for renting, leasing hotels, restaurants, bars, uh, that sort of thing uh, for Canada, U.S., U.K., and the Caribbean uh, as a in a vice president position with Holiday Inns. Okay. Then uh, seven years later, I formed my own company in 1987. Uh, for my own company in uh, in the property management field called Interim, um, and I've been at it ever since. Uh, we it's do like both seven. property management and economic development. Oh wow! Oh wow! And you're basically in the North Bay area, then? Yes, that's right. Um, our 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 base of operations is North Bay. Mm -hmm. uh, we have prop from Powassan all the way through. Uh, to North Bay and out towards the uh, the um, uh, First Nations land. We uh, also represent some First Nations uh, clients out on the reserve. Fantastic, fantastic. And, and am I right you're going to be um, um, extending your association to Thunder Bay? Is that your next move here? Yeah, we've uh, we just had the board approve. Um, we we were approached by a group. Uh, actually, they're a Facebook group. They don't have an association currently. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, landlords of Thunder Bay area, yes. and yes. Uh, the board has approved our opening up our catchment area. Fantastic. Catchment area is basically the area that we uh, define as our service area. And mm -hmm. currently, it was from uh, the Tri Town area, which is New Liskard down to uh, just north of Barrie, almost a really a Gravenhurst area, yes. over to Ren, over toward Renfrew in, uh, in the east, mm -hmm. and over as far as the borders of uh, Greater Sudbury, where there is another association. Yes. So that was our catchment area um, established in our constitution, but the, uh, we have been approached by others one of the attractions to our association as well is uh, the fact that we are, we have a membership committee that have been working very hard on establishing discounts for members of the association. We, for, for one reason and one reason only, um, for, um, we want to attract members, not for their membership fee, 
Yes. But to get them involved in an association and to get them educated, because yes. we have two other committees that are very important, advocacy and yes. education. Yes. And our education committee really is doing a great job. We recently had a, um, a workshop on cannabis, the good, the bad, the ugly. Oh, yes. <laughs> and in that, in that uh, seminar, which was a two-hour seminar with a panel, mm-hmm. we had an we had a doctor who was an addiction specialist. We had the deputy chief of the police department to talk about the crime issue. Mm-hmm. We had the deputy chief of the fire loss prevention section of the North Bay Fire Services to talk about loss prevention and the, the, the hazards. Yes. We had a claims manager to talk about the lack of insurance coverage. Yes. We had a, a um, paralegal to talk about the human rights exposure. Okay. And we had a horticulturist to talk about the ability to grow, how to grow, and how to avoid the issues around grow. And we had a restoration expert that was there to talk about the what do you do after you recover an apartment where there's been a grow up. Like that. <laughs> so, wow. Wow. I would have loved to have attended that, John. Well, we had a two-hour – it was a long two-hour session with a Q&A following – and yes. it was extremely well attended by wow. both landlords, and we opened it up to tenants. Of course, of course, of course. And, and the more they get educated, even as tenants, then they know they shouldn't be doing certain things, too. It's not like they say, well, I didn't know that, right? Which, is, which, was, which, which happens on both sides. The tenants don't know, and the landlords don't know. So we've got two groups butting heads, but they don't know. So that's why you have your association. The Niagara, the near North Niagara, new near North Landers Association. Sorry, there's just too many ends in there. Okay, <laughs> and uh, myself, I have my own association I've had for four years in uh, the Niagara region, which is called the Canadian Real Estate Investors Association and the Niagara Real Estate Investors Association. And I've been we've been um, in existence for four years in the Niagara area. And I did very much the same as for the same reason as you have gone to educate them, educate the new landlord, the new real estate investor, the new property manager, and to network, to educate, network, and, and to get to know each other. Because we don't know, we're, we're, you know, we're all small landlords, we're in our homes, we don't, we, where do we find the information? Thank goodness there's Facebook groups you can belong to, because I know you're, you have your group on Facebook, don't you, John? Yes, we do, yep. Yeah. Okay, so it's called Near North Landlords Association on Facebook? That's right. Okay, and mine is called Canadian Real Estate Investors Association on Facebook. And do you hold monthly meetings, John? We hold quarterly meetings, uh, and the Education Committee currently are working on monthly educational seminars. Okay, fantastic. We hold our meetings once a month, the last Thursday of the month in St. Catharines. And what I can do is I will put your website and your Facebook page and your phone number uh, if you want me to, John. So did you want to say anything more now um, about your website, uh, where people can find you, John? No, we uh, just that we invite any inquiries whatsoever. Uh, it's amazing how many how many phone calls I will get through our website uh, just asking for a little bit of advice yes. here and there. Yes. And 
what we we do. We we don't offer free legal advice because okay. we're not we can't do that. Yes. Uh, but we do recommend directions where they can go, where they can find it out, what they should look at, and, and what they have to analyze. Um, that said, we encourage all inquiries. We encourage people to join associations. Educate yourself. Just learn what your business is all about. I agree. I agree, John. And that's why you and I will continue on this series of Boots on the Ground running. And I thank you once again, John Wilson from the Near North Landlords Association. And on behalf of myself, Maria Recruit from the Real Estate Media News Network, John, I look forward to episode four with you. <laughs> so in the meantime, have a wonderful day. And thank you once again for sharing all your information. And if you don't mind, John, I'm going to be sharing all your information below where people can get in touch with you if they have properties um, in the North Bay area and Thunder Bay area. Absolutely. And even if they don't, we'll answer questions. Fantastic. Thank you, John. Thank you for your generosity of sharing your time with me. Take care and have a Take great care, day. Take care, Maria. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you for listening to All Things Real Estate with Maria Recruit. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to not miss another episode.